Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked On Wolves. Today on the show, the incomparable Howard back to discuss all things Nas Reed extension and Carl Anthony Towns. What is Howard's latest thinking on whether or not Carl Anthony Towns will be traded? If so, when? And is there any correlation with the Nas Reed extension? Also, free agency in general, what the Wolves' plans might be. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. And a big thank you, first of all, for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, and also in the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon at Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also on my account, which is at B Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. A very special show today. Howard Beck joins the show for for the uh, second time this year. He was on eh, six weeks ago or so, mid May. And uh, we had a wide-ranging conversation today. The focus is, of course, surrounding the Nas Reed extension, Nas signing the extension on Sunday of this week, what the potential implications could be for the upcoming uh, free agency period, and then also, uh, more specifically, Carl Anthony Towns. What is Howard's take? Howard actually surprised me with what he said about Towns and the likelihood of a Carl Anthony Towns trade. I've said on the show, 75% chance they don't trade him, 25% chance they do before the season. Howard thinks a little differently than I do and even kind of extended the conversation out to the up, uh, upcoming next February's trade deadline. So a, a really interesting conversation with Howard. Let's not wait any longer. Let's get right to it. All right. We're joined once again by the fantastic Howard Beck. Howard, we appreciate you having on to talk all things Timberwolves again here today. Of course, the Wolves did not have a first round pick in the draft last week, but that doesn't mean that they didn't find a way to make some news over the weekend. In advance of NBA free agency, the big news, the Nas Reed extension signed on Sunday. And I, I really just want to get your perspective, I guess, your first reaction to the extension. I know he was one of those guys that a lot of teams, a lot of fan bases were looking at and saying like, hey, this is a guy with some upside. Could we land Nas Reed in free agency to shore up our front court? And, and you know, I, I had lots of other hosts of Lockdown shows reach out and, and want to talk about Nas Reed and could he be a fit for them? And then the Wolves go ahead and get the extension done before he even hits unrestricted free agency. Um, what was your initial reaction to the deal? And I guess your your thoughts off the top on it. It's funny because I hadn't really been that tuned into like, all right, who are the guys who might sign extensions before we get to free agency? Um, and so it kind of, to be honest, it kind of hit me out of the blue. Like, oh, wait, where's... Wait, Where's this coming from? Um, and then I looked at the numbers and I thought, wow, that is just really smart, swift, quiet, <laughs> quietly done work by Tim Connolly and his crew. Um, Nas Reed was going to be in, in what is not a fantastic free agent class because we're assuming most of the top line guys are staying put, right? I don't think Draymond Green's going anywhere. I don't think Kyrie Irving's going anywhere. I don't think James Harden's going anywhere. Like anybody – like it's going to be a, a free agency of mostly second and third and, and lower tier guys. And Nas reads a really, really valuable rotation piece and potentially even a starter, depending on where he would, could have landed. Um, and who knows, maybe still as a starter in Minnesota, we'll get to that. Um, so great work, great work for a guy who uh, they've developed, who had a, a, a breakout season of sorts, um, who's become a really valuable piece and just a really good player. And, and, and again, it, you know, every summer there's a 
handful of teams that really have a ton of cap room. Um, and you no, know, not necessarily destination teams, but if you're a player like Nas Reed, who's working for your first big contract, your first big payout, you might just go wherever. It doesn't matter winning, losing. Otherwise, you're just going to go whoever's going to pay you the most and give you, you know, a, a great role. And the mere threat of that, especially again, in a free agency uh, summer where we don't have a lot of big players to command all that cap room, chances of Nas Reed maybe getting blown away or quote unquote overpaid by somebody or even just accurately paid by somebody. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that he, he'd fit in well with. In fact, it's hard to find a team that he would not fit in well with. So a great move to head that off. Um, and I also think that before we even get to, well, what does this mean for the long term? What does this mean for Carl Anthony Towns? And does this, it, it doesn't mean anything for Carl Anthony Towns. The first thing in this league, I think always is just be smart about your asset management, cap management, um, and even if there you, you have a guy who, hey, maybe he's a luxury item, you can always move him later if you sign him to a decent deal. And so you, you, you need to make smart moves at the, at the right times. And this is just one of those. At, 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 if, if nothing else, forget whatever it may portend for next season or towns or anything else. It's just smart cap management and asset management and rotation management, if nothing else. Yeah. And, and there's, of course, the the headline is for a lot of folks is 105 million or whatever guaranteed in centers this year. But as you said, asset management, and you kind of already touched on this based on like, I think we said when we talked a few weeks ago that, um, you know, he may get 15 million plus in the open market. All it takes is one is what I always like to say, like one team, we see this every year to blow somebody away. And they're like, okay, yeah, I'll take the playing time. I'll take the money, even if I'm not going to win. And that's what I think a lot of Wolves fans thought was going to happen with Nas Reed. And I would consider this in my mind, and 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 I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, but like, yes, the Wolves have 105 million in guaranteed money to players whose optimal position is center. You could say that about Rudy Gobert, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed. But um is some of that canceled out by the fact that this is just simply a pretty good value for a good player? And it's also because it's only a two-year deal with the player option, so it max a three-year deal, that's kind of a win-win for both sides. I mean, the Wolves, it is, like you said, a tradable contract. If something happens this year, um, if, if you know, I don't know, I don't know what, you know, I think could happen in the next two years, Nas would still then be a tradable asset, even if he is one of three centers that are on the Wolves roster. Extremely tradable. Uh, and obviously, yeah, okay. Like, I I understand why people might reduce this to how, how many? 100 and what million? 10? It's like 105, yeah. 105 million tied up in three centers. Okay, sure. But even if you don't think Towns is, is even if you think Towns is best as a center, not a power forward, he's a power forward right now. Mm-hmm. Even if you think that Nas Reed would be better as a backup center than a four, he can play both as well. Um, so there's, it's a little bit more complicated than just why are they spending so much on centers in an era where centers can come really cheaply, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the center you want cheaply is the Nas Reed on about $11 million a year or on a team-friendly contract that's easily moved. Um, again, first thing, protect the assets and give yourself flexibility in the future. So if they get to a point where they want to trade Carl Anthony Towns and maybe that return is not going to include a four, you can plug in Nas Reed into his spot. If you want to, if you if you're keeping towns, and you realize, you know what, we are over-indexed on bigs, and maybe we've got a a Reed replacement somewhere in the wings, um, and we need shooting, we're flipping him for a shooter, or we're flipping him for a, a veteran point guard uh, to to run the offense when Anthony Edwards isn't there. I don't know, whatever it may be. Um, 
that trade that 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 player or that contract is easily moved and easily cashed in for something else of value. You need to give yourself optionality, and especially in an NBA where with this new CBA coming online, literally days from now. Um, and no, not all the new restrictions will kick in immediately, but they're coming. Having reasonably priced contracts that are easily moved, it was already important. It's even that much more important now or will be soon because of all of these new things that people, I'm sure your listeners have heard about, you know, the tax line and the apron and the second apron and all these restrictions and all these things you'll lose. And it's not just luxury taxes and, and oh, well, we, we're willing to spend. Well, okay, fine. You're willing to spend but here's what else it's going to cost you. Now you don't get the mid-level exception. Now you don't get the biannual exception. Now you can't do sign-in trades. Now you can't aggregate salaries in a trade. All those things are going to make it much more difficult for teams in general. So yes, all the more reason not to overspend, which if people want to argue that, okay, fine. But the overspending was not on Nas Reed. The overspending is on the other two guys. And maybe you still need to sort that out. I'm just going to keep dancing around the idea of trading Carl Anthony Towns until we eventually get yeah. to it. I'm just going to keep teasing the idea of it without actually saying it. Um, but but I but I just think that having players like Nas Reed on Nas Reed-ish like contracts in this economic environment in the NBA is going to be really important. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It was as recently as the trade deadline when it really seemed like it wasn't, you know, an extension was, or even actually more recently than that, the start of the offseason, there were, it just, the vibe around the Nas thing was that he probably wasn't going to stay. And I, you know, I guess I, we, the elephant in the room is the Carl Anthony Towns conversation. That's still that's still kind of hanging out there. It's quieted down a little bit. Uh, the possibility. It, I mean, I feel like after we talked back in mid May or whatever, it kind of ramped up, and there were all these. You know, could they trade him to Portland for? Could they? You know, then draft Scoot Henderson to play next to Anthony Edwards, and then there were reports that Portland didn't like it, and the Wolves didn't even like the idea, and like, and the Wolves have said all the right things publicly, at least. At least from my perspective, I'm not sure that Towns feels that way based on what he's said publicly. Uh, I think his, I'm paraphrasing, but Towns' quote was something to the effect of, you know, these rumors will go as far as, as the Timberwolves let them go is basically what he said. And it's well documented. Cat doesn't want to go anywhere. Tim Connolly said all the right things publicly that like, hey, you know, essentially we're going to run it back. And we didn't really get a good shot at seeing Rudy and Cat play together last year. It was like essentially a third of a season. Um, so I, like I've on the show, I've talked a little bit about like, does the Nas thing, does, does Nas is pending free agency at the time and, and towns, are they connected in any way? Um, and, and I, I mean, I think you can make an argument that it is and that it isn't. I, I'm curious to know your, to, to, to hear your perspective, Howard on, and if you think that the fact that Nas is now back and the wolves know they have him for at least two years, does that have any impact on whether or not the wolves are like more likely or less likely to pursue a Carl Anthony Towns trade? I'm going to say it, it's no impact at all. Um, 
Does it give you an option in the event that you trade him? Does it create some financial pressure because of where the cap is going and now you have a new contract on the books? Like, okay, sure. Yeah, those, those are not to be dismissed as factors. But I think whether or not they're trading Carl Anthony Towns and when they would potentially be trading Carl Anthony Towns if that day comes are decisions that they're going to make irrespective of what they just did with Nas Reed. Like, if, 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 if they want to go into next season – as a complete competitive team with some still some upside and with the thought and hope with their fingers crossed and rubbing rabbit's feet and everything else that somehow, some way Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns will be a much better front court tandem than they showed in a very, very, very small sample size last season. Then you're just, you're just trying to put together the best possible team and then see where it leads you. Do I think that somewhere in that front office pinned to a board are, options for where they could send towns and, and, and who has returned packages. You might be. Yeah. Do I think they've discussed that probably a bazillion times? It would be, they'd be negligent not to have. So, um, you know, no one knows for sure if that day is coming or when, if I had to guess, and this is just a guess, this is not Intel. This is not something to aggregate or anything else. I'd be shocked if they don't trade them at some point in the near future. Um, I think it's the most logical path forward. I think that you've already, or now we're going down the path. So here we go. Um, or do you want to save this for the next segment? No, let's uh, go for it. All right. Um, I think, you know, I, I have, I have thought since early last season that this is where this was inevitably going. Um, they, they obviously spent a boatload of stuff to get Rudy Gobert. So you're already all in on Rudy Gobert. You are not probably turning around and flipping Rudy Gobert because you cannot make up what you got with him. And yep. besides, if you do that, you're back where you started more or less. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and whatever you got back for Rudy Gobert. You haven't moved the ball forward at all. The whole point of the exercise of getting Gobert was to give yourself the defensive anchor that makes you a viable, deep playoff team. So you're not flipping Gobert and you're not trading Anthony Edwards. Well, where does that leave you? Like, this is just a process of elimination. This right. is just like basic kind of NBA roster construction, payroll management logic, right? Yep. Um, also, Towns has been there for, is it, it's seven seasons now, right? Yeah, it might, it might actually be eight. It's seven or eight, or, yeah. Yeah, I was, I think it was seven was my marker for last year, so now we're through eight. Okay, so yeah. that's a lot of time and a lot of sample size and with many varying sidekicks or, you know, co-stars along yeah. the way. And none of it has resulted in anything except for the five minutes that they had Jimmy Butler on the roster. So at some point <laughs> you stop banging your head against the wall and say, maybe we need to do something different. Um, they did something very, very different and very, very bold and people can criticize it all they want. And the, the criticism is all, all valid and understandable, but it was a bold swing to go get Rudy Gobert. It's probably too soon to say this. And now there's plenty of people around the league who will tell you it's not too soon. Plenty right. of people around the league will say, I never expected this to work. And in the, you know, handful of games that they were together, 20 something, whatever it was, that's enough for me. That's it. I, I knew this wasn't, wasn't going to work. That's enough of a sample size of proof that I was right. This is not me saying this. This is other people in the, uh, around the league. I think reasonably you can go into next season and say, we would like to see a little bit longer before we just blow yep. this up. Um, and that's fair too. That said, you know, let's bring the salary cap and the new CBA back into this. If you're in all in on three max guys, you don't have a really big window to fortify around them and for them to succeed before all that other stuff starts kicking in and kicking your butt on, on the payroll and on, and on your ability to keep adding 
guys to the roster. So if it's not going to work, you better figure it out sooner than later and you better act sooner than later, lest you be, and this is a bad example because these players are not at the same caliber, but I'm just going to cite it anyway, lest you be the Atlanta Hawks with John Collins. The Hawks could have and should have traded John Collins yep. 72 times over the last three years. And when they finally did, it was a flat out giveaway of John Collins for uh, what is the remains of Rudy Gay and a second round pick. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's Bradley Beal too. Now Bradley Beal, again, complicating yep. factors, different kind of player, but no trade clause hurts. The uh, massive, 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 massive salary and a number of years left hurts. Um, all of that is, but that's what happens if you yeah. wait too long and now it's a salary crunch and now it's a panic. We just need to get off this contract. You have no leverage and Danny Ainge is going to school you. Um, and that's so like criminal squandering of, of an asset right. in, in Atlanta with John Collins. You don't want to be uh, in that position if you're the, if you're the Timberwolves. Yeah. And, and I think uh, on the, on the, uh, I guess on the side of like, hey, they should trade him now. Like if I if I if I was to argue that point, um, the argument is he his salary for this upcoming year is thirty six million. It goes up uh, likely north of fifty million. Um, we don't know for sure, but north of fifty million almost certainly in twenty four twenty five, and then year fifty five plus the next years after that. So just strictly from a dollars salary matching perspective, that becomes a, a behemoth to try and trade. Obviously. Um, and to your point, there's plenty of examples, Bradley Beal, John Collins, et cetera, of, of teams waiting too long to trade a superstar and um, and then you losing some of that value, plus he costs more. So then if the Wolves were ever to try and like one of the one of the talking points is could the Wolves try and or not talking points for the team, but from people covering the team is like, hey, they could try and recoup some of the assets that they traded away to get Rudy Gobert by trading towns. Uh, but that likely the value goes down as you get further into the contract. On the flip side, Towns had the worst year of his career this year, largely due to injury, but across the board, this was the most disappointing season of his career. And the Wolves didn't get to see the Gobert Towns experiment truly play out in in any real way. And so then are you selling low from that perspective? And so I'm sure that that's kind of the debate the Wolves are having internally is like, you know, it, it's essentially a roll of the dice. And, and that's why my bet is that I think the Wolves... I don't think Towns has traded this offseason. I think they wait and see what happens. If the team implodes for whatever reason in the first few months or something awful happens, like knock on wood, this wouldn't happen, but Ant gets hurt or something like that happens, and this team's in a rough spot at the deadline, I could see them doing something like that. If this team is kind of middling, maybe a little better than last year, I could see them moving Towns next offseason. But my bet is that Tim Connolly doesn't want to bail on the experiment just yet and is also betting that Towns has a better year this year than he did last year, stays healthy, and could recoup some of that value next offseason, but you don't want to overplay your hand because now you're talking 29-year-old towns that's 52 million or whatever it's going to be. So it is this weird, like, and to me, the tiebreaker is probably we didn't give this a real shot yet, and and that's why I think they're going to wait a little bit longer, but it's just such a tough call if you're Tim Connolly. It is, um, and I agree with everything you just said. I think that to the extent that the swing for Gobert was a swing for the Gobert Towns partnership to work, um, it would be really difficult for any front office to so so uh, quickly abandon it. You want to give it a shot. You're invested in the idea. You believed in it when you did it. You want to give it time. Now, if there were 
and there isn't, if there were some great market for Carl Anthony Towns, like if, if other teams were clamoring for him and given salary cap issues and given didn't work out in small sample size, given there have always been doubts about Carl Anthony Towns as a centerpiece, period. I, I could make the case for moving him this summer if there were a considerable market. I don't think there's any reason to think that there will be. I just don't. I don't think teams are clamoring to get their hands on Carl Anthony Towns right now, as talented as he is. And so um, I, I, I think there's all the reason in the world to just wait it out. As you said, Ben, let him play. Give him, give him some time you know, uh, to, to acclimate more to Rudy Gobert, um, to each other. Give him time to re-establish re his, his, his value as a player. And if things aren't going well, you've got time before the February trade deadline. I do think there's incentive to trade him before the February trade deadline next year, though, before that, that extension kicks in and it leaps up. Because for salary matching purposes, it's a hell of a lot harder yep. in the 50s than in the 30s. Yep. Um, you know, wherever that lands. And again, we, these are estimates on the, on the extension right now, I believe. Um, so that, like that's like they have to think that think about that too, and I guarantee you they they that they have like of course they have. Um, so again, because of all those reasons, I I will I'll put it this way: I'll be shocked if he's still a Timberwolf after the trade deadline in February. Yeah. I like I, I just I just think that there's an inevitability to this. Inevitably, the future of the Timberwolves lies with Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, and whatever semblance of of high level role players you can put around them because the phoenix suns notwithstanding and a potential uh butler out lillard partnership notwithstanding I, I just don't think we're going to see three max player super teams under this cba or they're going to be very rare and the teams that do it are going to have to be damn sure that it's going to work or as in the sun's case uh just damn all in on the moment because we've got Kevin Durant and the clock is ticking. We've only got a couple of years anyway. Screw it. We might as well just blow past every apron tax line, whatever, because we have no choice. We are already all in what's, what's a little bit more all in in general though. That's not the way most teams are going to go. And especially one in a small market like Minnesota. So yeah. like, I just don't think it's, there's a, it's a sustainable model to have two to have three players making the max unless those three players are primetime LeBron, Wade, Bosch, or, uh, you know, Michael, Scotty, and Shaq. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, and we're not even, like, we haven't even talked about Jade McDaniels, and that's obviously, that's what you're alluding to, is is uh, Anthony Edwards and Jade McDaniels are both extension eligible, and they're both going to get, I mean, Ant's going to get the max, Jade McDaniels is going to get a lot of money. Um, and, I mean, like, at some point, you're going to be bumping up against, and I think the recent announcement that the cap's going to go up a little bit more next year is helpful for the Wolves. Actually, we'll find out later. But either way, you're going to be bumping up against that second, that apron, um, and the Wolves can't pay the luxury tax. They definitely can't pay the repeater tax, and so they're going to be really careful about about all of this, and, and I guess that, that that's really what it boils down to is are you betting on the next you know four to five years of towns at 50 you know an average of what 56 57 million a year or is it Ant and jade mcdaniels on their rookie extensions um who are going to be making less money and easier to build around and younger and all that stuff so yeah i mean like i guess when you when it comes down to it and by the way after this year rudy gobert's only got i mean i guess he'll have two more years he's got a player option so like 
Ant and Jade McDaniels are going to get extensions that go beyond the life of Gobert's contract too. And so that's when Tim Connolly talks about building about Anthony, building around Anthony Edwards. I mean, that like Ant would be the only guy besides Towns. And then if he's traded, Ant's the only guy that has a deal that goes beyond the 26 season. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the next step. And I do think Tim Connolly is uh, trading for Rudy Gobert is the first piece of this, but Gobert, Anthony Edwards is a plus defender. Jaden McDaniels is about to get a big contract. He's a plus, plus, plus defender. And the draft the Wolves just had with a pair of second rounders. I know they're second rounders, but Tim Connolly's record as drafting second rounders is important to to remember. This is going to be a really good defensive team moving forward. And Towns is one of those pieces that um, obviously really, really a good player, but he doesn't fit the the kind of versatile, switchable, um, lockdown defensive team that Tim Connolly appears to be building. And that could be how the Wolves approach the rest of the offseason. So, I mean, I guess quickly we could talk a little bit about like free agency in general. The Wolves don't have really any cap space. The Nas deal at least gives them some cost certainty moving forward. They just got one restricted free agent and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, and then the question is, are you keeping in mind the possibility of a, t- obviously the Wolves front office is, but keeping in mind the possibility of a town's trade in February or, or whenever that is next summer. Um, are you looking at like a, a one year, you know, deal to basically take up the whole middle level exception for a, you know, a bench score, like a Dennis Schroeder or a Seth Curry, or is it more of these def- flexible defensive pieces? Um, the Wolves obviously need to be careful with the amount of money they commit with these extensions going out or pending for McDaniels and, and Anthony Edwards, but it's just such a weird, like, it's obviously all interconnected, right? And free agency for the Wolves this year with a limited amount of space, um, but still roles to fill. Like they've only got this top seven guys in the rotation really under contract for next year. And and um, I, I don't know. I, I guess if if you're the Timberwolves, are you looking at more you know bench scores, higher usage guys, or is it just like we're looking for more role players to you know Ant is our offense, and and we're just going to do what we can around Anthony Edwards. This is where it gets difficult, too, where you're trying to game out in the short term. Well, we want to keep Towns or we yeah. want to at least keep Towns long enough to see if this might work. And maybe it will be worth all the cost. Who knows? Maybe there's a scenario here where they get into next season. Towns and Gobert figure it out. It all works spectacularly. They're 20 and five, you know, in, in December or something. Um, and they're loving it. We're keeping this thing together forever. Everything has worked. All the pieces fit. Um, and, and Gobert and Towns are, are a brilliant partnership. In that scenario, then what you hope to have done this summer was get the right kind of role players to fit around your, your, your big three, for lack of a better term. In the scenario where you think that moving Towns is inevitable, which, again, I believe that. I don't know if the Timberwolves front office and ownership believe that or not. I believe that. Then your summer um, plans should be influenced at least somewhat by that because – Whatever you're getting back for Towns, even if part of it is to replenish your draft pick, your draft capital that you lost in the Gobert trade, you you have to have contracts coming back. That's just the way the system works. So you have players coming back, and they should be pretty decent players given Towns' profile as a an all-star player. And those, those players coming back are, are hopefully players that are going to be ideal-ish fits between Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert. So I don't think you want to overextend this summer on role players. You have to fill out the roster. You have to have a rotation and you have to plan for the, for the possibility that Towns is still there on opening night. Um, and for maybe a couple of months uh, and maybe for the whole season for all I know. But 
that's why this is, is even trickier. Um, and I, because of all that, again, if I had to guess, maybe they go a little more conservative this summer, yeah. knowing that they have another big swing coming or expecting that they, that there's a decent chance they have another big swing coming in a town's trade. Yeah. It, 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 they're in this weird position where they have their quote unquote big three. Currently they've got some other high priced or, or will be high salaried players in McDaniels and now Nas Reed. Kyle Anderson's only got one year left on his deal. And of course, teams are always trying to trade for Kyle Anderson, but the Wolves need Kyle Anderson. I mean, that's which by the way, that's another trickle down effect of the Nas thing is, is that essentially bumps Kyle Anderson to mostly small forward minutes, which he has not played well, or he's much better, I should say, as a four over his career. So there's also roster implications there, but you're looking at a top seven for a team that hasn't quote unquote one, right? They were the seven seed two years ago, the eight seed last year. Um, and yet they're locked into essentially their top seven guys and five of them are front court players. And yet you still have to fill out a roster. You still have to decide if Jordan McLaughlin's your backup point guard. Um, and, and those are the questions the Wolves have to try and answer with the mid-level exception and, and the little bit of salary cap space that they do have. Um, all right. That's really all the questions I have for you, Howard. Um, any final thoughts for Timberwolves fans? Yeah, just listen, um, if I'm going to spin this in, in a good news fashion, um, I'll just say this. The West is still really fluid and, and, and volatile. And as I look at the standings and the teams that were ahead of the Timberwolves, at a glance, I say, like, the Warriors and Lakers and Suns and Clippers should all be much better than they were this past season, you know, if they have good health. And besides, some of these teams made major in-season moves that they're now adjusting to and trying to figure out their rosters like the Suns. They should, those teams should probably stay ahead of the Timberwolves. On the other hand, there's just a lot of volatility baked into all those teams. And yes, right on the Wolves' heels, the Thunder are going to be much better next season. The Pelicans should be better next season. Um, and so it, there's, there's no room for error, and the, the standings may be as tightly packed or somehow even more so next season. But I also think that to the extent that the Timberwolves have a little bit more of a window because they're built around a, a young Anthony Edwards and a still firmly in his prime Gobert um, and, and, a, and a, you know, a, a youngish cast around them. Um, there's a there's an aspect of this where you kind of look ahead and you go, you know what? The Lakers are teetering. Maybe they get one more good season out of LeBron and then and then they're going to be back in a rebuild mode of some sort. Um the Warriors, we don't know how much longer you know the Steph, Clay, Draymond core is, is is going to hold up at an at an elite level. Um, the Clippers, just the most volatility you could possibly have with a couple of stars. The Suns thing is is you know built on stilts because yeah, of, of of injury and age. So there's a there's an opportunity for the Timberwolves to kind of wait it out in a little in, in some fashion um, and feel like some of these teams that that they're jockeying with. Um, or kind of toward the end of their run, as opposed to in the beginning. And and the wild card, of course, in all this is is the Anthony Edwards. If he has a leap, right? If he has a John Morant like leap, then all of a sudden, you know, this is a this is a much different conversation. Because right now, it's still all very much in theory. He's a good young All Star, but does he become? It, does he sniff the ceiling that a lot of people think he has? And if that's the case, then a lot of other stuff matters less, right? Because then the Wolves are automatically a top, you know two or three team The difference between being a star in this league, meaning, Oh, Hey, you're an all-star or you're always yep. in the all-star conversation. You're top 20, you're top 25, you're top 30. The difference between that or being all NBA conversation every year, or even flirting with bottom of the MVP ballot, fifth slot on the MVP ballot. Like that is a whole different level of, of impact on your, on your franchise and your franchise's trajectory and the way they can build around you. Uh, I don't know if that leap is coming or not. Uh, probably no one does. Um, but 
but you're right to, to, to raise that as well. He is young enough that that is at least conceivable and would change. Yeah. A lot. Well, that's what never happened. I mean, it was five years ago. It wasn't crazy to have the conversation four years ago, you know, between Jokic and Bede in towns, like who would you rather have? Who's the better player? And now it, the other two have left towns in their dust. So, um, it can go. It can go either direction, and uh, hopefully, for the wolf's sake, that uh, it Ant, Ant does hit that ceiling. Appreciate the time, Howard. Uh, always enjoy having you on. Always a pleasure, Ben. Thanks. All right, so there you have it. Uh, Howard Beck thinks it is inevitable. Is the word that he used that Carlton Towns will be traded at some point in the next year, and he thinks it's likely going to be. Uh, either this offseason or if it's not at the trade deadline, simply because of the salary matching components, the upcoming cap, all the stuff we've talked about on the show. But he lands on the side of it being, quote, inevitable that the Timberwolves trade Carl Anthony Towns. A really interesting conversation as always. Of course, go follow follow Howard Beck on uh, on Twitter and, and support him wherever he writes and appears next on podcasts. Does a fantastic job covering the league and really appreciate his perspective. Uh, we'll, of course, unpack this a bit further. The Towns rumor is the rumor that will not go away. And uh, when you hear it from plugged in people like Howard, you know uh, that like, hey, this is a real conversation that 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 is almost certainly well, we know what's happening. Right. But but where does this thing land at some point in the next nine to 12 months uh, related to Carl Anthony Towns? The rest of this week, plenty to get to. Uh, so every day is get excited. We're going to talk more draft fallout um, or I guess reaction, I guess. What does the rotation look like? What kind of roles could this year's draft picks in Miller and Clark potentially have? Of course, Clark is out until early next year, but what roles could they have? And then also last year's draft picks, Josh Minot and Wendell Moore Jr. and Summer League is coming up. So free agency, summer league, draft, you know, post-draft kind of uh, figuring this all out. So much to get to. Big shows the rest of the week still. Also pending upcoming crossover shows on Carlton Towns trades. There's so much going on. Uh, make sure that you're plugged in, subscribed, that you are listening to this show every day. A big thank you to those of you that do. And a reminder, you can also follow, you can subscribe on YouTube as well as listen wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on either Roku or Amazon Fire TV and watch there. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked On T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. A big thank you for watching and listening once again. A reminder that this show is, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Locked On Podcast Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.